Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Nice Job, Painter Marketing Pros, and APC. Welcome to Paint Ed. My name is Torlando. I am your host. So glad to be with you today. Got an exciting conversation uh, today with, uh, with a company and a uh, guy who's been in the business for a long time in the industry uh, for a long time. He's going to share some strategies um, to help us grow our business. I think what's, you know, every now and then I'll have people on the show that have significant experience in the industry. It's not often when I have somebody who has experience from a leading franchise. And my guest today, Stephen Winterroad, has that. And I, the reason that I think that's valuable is because franchises, they they have so much data, so much um you know, nuanced understanding of, of industry and whether you, you know, whether that franchise is a competitor in your area or not, um, they're giving you, they're giving their franchisees tools and resources that you're having to kind of figure out and make up on your own. So, so it's really interesting to me to have a, a, somebody that has that background on the show. Um, and, and I'm really excited. Um, his name is, uh, Steven Winter Road with, Mitsuka company. I think that's how you said Mitsuka. It's Mitsuka. I think I got that right. Um, All right. So before we get into the meat of the show, a couple of uh, my typical, you know, my routine announcements. Of course, you can subscribe to this show on um, Spotify or Apple Music. Make sure that you are subscribed to wherever you are um, listening to your podcast. But also watch it on PCA Overdrive. Watch the video. Uh, you, you might get a little bit more out of it. You might get to see the nuance of our of our expressions and our and, and our back and forth. Sometimes it's helpful to have it in the foreground rather than the background. So download PCA Overdrive and you get access to 600 hours of video content brought to you by the PCA. PCAPaintNet.org. Go there, download the app, become a member. Uh, what else we got here? My YouTube channel. You should subscribe to that as well, the Craftsman Painter uh, YouTube channel. I've been increasing the amount of content that I've been delivering, um, webinars, uh, little uh, video workshops, uh, things of that nature, shorts, things to help you grow your business. And if you are listening and you are uh, currently a, a subcontractor or you have uh, recently went out and hung your own shingle and you're trying to figure out what to do with your brand and website, teaming up with us might be the option for you. Craftsmanpainter.com backslash collective. Uh, and I've got a great, great new offer to team up with me. Um, this is for those folks that need a brand, need an online presence, need a little bit of coaching support. Go to craftsmanpainter.com backslash collective and join the revolution. All right. 
So today we're going to be talking about commercial work because this is something that, um, you know, I, I recognize that a lot of my listeners are residential folks. However, I think a lot of us have commercial aspirations. And the one thing that I've learned over the years about getting into commercial work is that it never follows the same marketing channels as how my homeowners get to me. Uh, it seems like they just come and sometimes I have a commercial job and it's, you know, how did I get it? I don't know. You know, it just, just fell in my lap. But the people who do commercial regularly, they have a plan, they have a strategy. And I think we're going to demystify this today. Um, so yeah, we should just jump right into it. Um, I'm feeling good about this. You listeners, you, you guys feeling good? Where are you? Are you cruising in your car? You want me to keep the, the music playing for a little bit? You can jam, let her all go quiet. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Let's go ahead and bring on Steve into the show. Hey, what's up, Steven? Welcome to Paint Ed. Hey, Torlando. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So, uh, you know, as I was mentioning, I think for a lot of us who have that, you know, primary um, residential uh, experience, um, getting into commercial is a little bit of a, you know, black box for us. We're, we're, we don't always know how to do it. Can you share mm-hmm. with us a little bit about your background and, and, you know, why this is a topic that, uh, you know, you feel qualified to talk about? Okay, sure. I uh, appreciate you having me on. Hello to all your uh, residential and commercial painting contractors. Um, I, I'm going to jump back to before I bought my painting franchise in 2008. I was in New York City. I was a pharmaceutical rep. I originally was in finance, but after 9-11, we closed the office mm-hmm. and I became, I became a uh, pharmaceutical rep. And what that taught me was outside sales and going to doctors, 15 seconds of a pitch and things of that nature. And mm-hmm. and I'm going to layer on why that's potentially important for commercial, because it's almost the same job uh, when you when you look at how you're going to go out and market to people. Yeah. But I'd always wanted to own my own own opportunity. So I uh, I bought a a painting franchise in 2008 and moved to Santa Monica, California, started that from the ground up. And people mm. always, a lot of times they're like, Oh, you started in 08. That must've sucked. But oh. the good thing yeah. about it was, is I had nowhere to go, but up. I was starting That's right. at zero, yeah. starting at zero in a recession is actually with a little bit with some money yeah. uh, where everybody else is pulling down. So if you're thinking about a recession right now, um, uh, you could be happy that some of the other people you m- might be able to take some, uh, some territory from, but yeah, well, that's, start, that's start. when I, that's when I started my first company and, and oh. yeah, there, there were some big outfits that went under cause they yeah. were, you know, they were just over leveraged and they, they couldn't, they couldn't downsize fast enough. So they, they, they closed. Yeah. They thought Oh six, Oh seven, we're going to repeat in Oh eight. They just didn't, you know, it was a, yeah. it was a storm that came that they did. They weren't able to, to handle. Um, yeah, for sure. For so sure. started out in, uh, just strictly residential. Um, mm-hmm. in 2008 and grew that for a couple of years and then um, looked to get into commercial to be able to take it to another another level as far as revenue because earlier we were talking about the fact that if you want to grow 
revenue wise, I mean, there's only so many residential properties that you can homeowners that you can paint. Right. Right. Um, if you're on it, if you're only doing interiors, you're maybe on a 10 or 12 year cycle where you might be able to repaint the same customer. Right. Mm-hmm, exterior, mm-hmm. exterior, depending upon your market, you might be on a five or seven year repaint. And it might only be the trim that time. Right. It might not be the whole house. So to get your revenue up is to jump into the commercial space. So I started doing that in about 2010 mm-hmm. and then, um, and then continued on until I, I sold the business in 2016. Very good. Very good. So I think that, you know, for, for, like I said, a lot of us were, we, maybe we have the, you know, the residential thing honed in. I think, I don't know that it changes like being able to market to residential. It, it changes all the time. You know, they're, they're, uh, you know, sometimes Facebook ads are working. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes mm-hmm. Google ads are working. Sometimes they're not. Um, I was actually just in, um, Cincinnati and we were talking about this and, and, uh, we were, we were talking about Google ads, for example. And, and, you know, the, the thing about Google ads is like the lead generation sites for any home service, they dominate, pay-per-click search results. And so mm-hmm. um, Google saw this and, you know, they obviously want our money. And so they kind of created a back channel with the Google Google local service ads that you have to be certified. You know, they have to verify you as an actual service provider and not a lead gen site. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that gives you kind of a back channel to to lower lead costs, you know, so so things shift all the time. It's moving all the time, but you know, notwithstanding, maybe you have it figured out. But a lot of those strategies aren't, don't work in commercial. So mm-hmm. so, what was your process of like bridging that gap between you know the the first couple of years in in residential, and I'm sure uh, the franchisor was teaching you how to do that, but you had to dig a little deeper into your into your past experience to mm-hmm. come up with a plan for the commercial. Yeah. So the biggest thing they they told us was no new construction <laughs> and no GCs. Yeah. So I would I would I would tell you guys if you're listening, you haven't really kind of jumped into that, and you're thinking these huge you know bid projects with blueprints and all this stuff. It, it looks it looks great. It looks it's a lot of money potentially, but unless you've got a system and a really dialed in process to to manage that and a and a pretty sizable cash flow. Uh, opportunity, yeah. I would recommend not going for that first. What I did was focus on, okay, well, I was fortunate to be in Santa Monica, where there's a lot of single family homes, but there's also a lot of condo buildings. And a yeah. condo building, a condo building is just, a, a lot of them are just big residential homes. Right, sure. They have 40 windows instead of 10. They've got you know, there's a couple stories. You've got some other things you have to deal with, with homeowners and multiple homeowners and managing that and a property manager. But for the most part, your estimating mm-hmm. will be, will be very similar on the sure. exterior. Right. Sure. So um, that's one Avenue is to start doing that. And so the way you would start to target that would be to, you know, look at your market and see how many condo buildings you have, try to find out who the property managers are for those. And, um, and then start to, to go into that. So the other one is, um, potentially like light industrial, like uh, doctor offices, dental offices, mm-hmm. any kind of, any kind of thing you can think of where, you know, it's, it's again, very similar to an interior residential, 
there's really only ceilings, walls, baseboards, and doors that you're painting. You're not you're not getting into super complicated coatings like you would on a on a big industrial interior or things like that. Right, right. So yeah. so it sounds like you're saying that it it really is a matter of properly targeting, understanding what you uh, are going to say no to, and then understanding who those decision makers are, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, so if it's, if it's a dentist office, um, I'm, you know, that one, I, I recently just went to a, uh, a little complex that had maybe, I don't know, five businesses in it. it had a, it had an optometrist, it had a law office, it had a dentist, it had a title company and a, and a real estate office. That's a, I feel like that's a pretty high impact little, you know, unit right there. You know, mm-hmm. um, we, the reason I was there is cause we just painted the law office and I knew the owner of the law. Office. I've known him for years. Like I, I just have known him. So that's how I got that job. But, uh, going into that dentist office and introducing myself, I'm, I'll be honest. It was a little awkward. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know who to talk to. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, that's kind of confusing to me. Like if I go into a dentist office, who am I trying to approach? Mm-hmm. Well, then that's, that is probably one of the things that a lot of holds people back is the fear of cold calling on a door. Right. Yeah. And so fortunately that was what the pharmaceutical industry taught me was yeah. that's all I did was walk into a doctor's office, talk to the gatekeeper at the front desk try to get behind there to go see the doctor for 15 seconds and then get, you know, do my, uh, my scripts or whatever. But the one thing I, I, uh, was taught by my manager as a pharmaceutical rep that I used in the painting space was don't drive over that front desk person. They mm. are the, they're, they're a person you need to make a relationship with. So the first is introduce yourself to them start talking to them about it, be respectful of their time because they're busy as all yeah. as, as, as anything. Right. Um, introduce yourself, you know, make a note of what their name is because you're going to come back in the next time you want to know if there's four or five individuals at the desk, I would yeah. get all, I would get all their names. And I actually had a, a book that I would write down so I could remember. I was like, Oh, blonde sits on the left, a blonde individual sits mm-hmm. on the left or the brunette sits in the middle and there's their name and stuff. So it helped me every time I would go back in. But the focus there was to make a relationship and then let them know why you're there and who's the best person for me to speak to with regards to, you know, the interior painting of your office. Right. And they'll let you know who to go to after that. A lot of people just walk in and go, you know, hi, I'm Torlando. I was just, I wanted to know how we can repaint the interior building and, and who, you know, who should I talk to? And not even get names or anything like that. It's exactly what I did. I flopped. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't know. I had no clue. I had no clue. I was like, gosh, it's Mm -hmm. a dentist office. Like who's, who's in charge of a dentist office? Is it the dentist? I don't know. You know, it was just, I didn't know. Like I didn't, I just, I, I think that's, I think that's probably one of the biggest things, you know, stopping us is just not understanding who we're supposed to be talking to in an instance. Yeah. And typically the benefit of going to those buildings and not going to GCs and not going to new construction is you're the primary contractor now and you're, you are going to deal with the dentist who owns the practice because it's usually on them to repaint the interior 
not yeah. the build, not the building owner. They're like, I'm not right. gonna pay to repaint your interior. You can sit with the white walls that I gave you. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff, no, so. that, that totally. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Especially if that building's like a, a triple net property, like those, the, the owners of those mm-hmm. types of properties, the, the people who are leasing it are, are responsible for everything that's mm-hmm. going on in the inside. Um, so, so it sounds like, um, the process of, of purchasing a commercial, there's, there's a decision maker and then there's a gatekeeper, Right. And you have to you have to esteem and 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 build the relationship with the gatekeeper just as much as you would the decision maker. That's right. My, and that's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Because because you know when you leave, they might they might ask you like, what did you think of that guy? And like that or that girl is like they were a jerk. I'm like I wouldn't never buy from them. Right. You don't know you don't know what level of influence that person has in that office. You never yeah. know. That, that could be the that could be the manager sitting at the front desk who makes right. all those decisions. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and uh, and that and that actually, when I went over to the um, to the real estate office, that's actually who was standing right in front was the the office manager. She was like standing in the front greeting people, mm-hmm. which is you know a little surprising that the office manager would you know, do that, but that's what she was doing. And, and I did a little bit better on that one, Stephen. I did. Cause I, yeah, I recognize, I recognized her last name and it turns out I knew her nephew and her brother. So like I built a little rapport, you know, and, and had mm-hmm. a, had an offer and, and she, you know, we, we talked about um, doing a little uh, presentation, like a little lunch and learn. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a great doing. point. Cause that's a great point. Cause I was, I was, what's going to backtrack into that is a lot of people go in with the goal of getting a request for a proposal right away. If you're talking to a property manager, it's like, I just want to go get a paint job and deal mm-hmm. as opposed to, I always went in with a goal of doing what you did, which is let's set up another appointment because I'm interrupting you at this moment in time. You're, mm-hmm. you know, uh, let's do a lunch and learn so that I can show you what we do and how we do it a little bit differently and, and see if working together makes sense. Mm-hmm. So lunch and the, the good old lunch and learn strategy, huh? Mm-hmm. And that was, so, that was another pharmaceutical deal was, is that was the goal every time I went into an office and I was dealing with the front desk individual, I was like, Hey, when, when's the next lunch I can get on the schedule for. And, yeah. and that was, the, that was the goal almost every time almost every time so that mm-hmm. so there's maybe a culture within um different offices to have kind of a lunch and learn type of thing mm-hmm. that is that more common than i think because i just i really don't know like i don't I, I don't know this world it was common for me with property managers now uh-huh. uh, i've been talking to some other individuals and it can depend upon what what happened after covid in your market if the sure. property managers are back in office Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, the strategy was to go into a property manager. The first time I've ever went in, bring some coffee and donuts, mm-hmm. drop, drop that off. The goal then was to make a relationship at the front, find out who was kind of managing the office and then offer a lunch and learn a week, you know, next week or, you know, whenever they could schedule it. And that was for the property managers to get mm-hmm. in front of them 
on a lunch and learn. And I, I brought simple lunches like Subway sandwiches or it doesn't have to be extravagant, right? Yeah. I mean, you can go. So it's on you to, you had to cater. You had to, you had to bring the food. Oh, well, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You yeah. Unless you had, unless you had someone deliver, unless you're willing to cater and deliver. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the strategy here is you go in, you, you try to find that property manager, you try to find the, 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 whoever's the gatekeeper and you're, you're trying to tell, say who you are, why you're there and you want to do a lunch and learn. Yeah. If it makes sense. If it makes sense yeah. to do a lunch yeah. and learn to, to the other people who are. Okay. So what does, what do you do at the lunch and learn aside from bringing them Subway? I might bring them Jimmy John's, but. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, what I did was, and it was, it was a PowerPoint presentation. It was, it talked a little bit, I mean, about who, who I was, who the company was, um, what are some projects we've done. I highlighted our proposal, how we write our proposals, because I felt like it was very different as far mm -hmm. as what a lot of what I'd seen other people do. Um, and then and, and, and you don't want to you definitely don't want to drone on for like a long period of time. Right. You're talking mm -hmm. maybe maybe a 15 minute presentation. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, you think about the attention span. Property yeah. managers have 15 buildings they're potentially managing. And yeah. Got, they're leaving a bunch of stuff behind emails and calls and all this stuff. Right. So got it. you don't, you want to be uh, to the point. And so you want to yeah. make sure. So what that means is you want to go in with, with a presentation. You don't want to just go in off the cuff in my opinion, because okay. you may find yourself going all over the place. Right, right, right. right, right. Um, so you do that. So like if you're, then, so, so if, if we have listeners who are in BNI, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever did, BNI, oh, yeah. but you have oh, yeah. that, you know, every six months or a year, you get that opportunity to do a 10 minute presentation, a 10 mm -hmm. minute commercial on your, maybe that's the, a similar format. If you're mm -hmm. if you're familiar doing those short, yeah. you know, quick information, obviously the draws, the lunch, you know, for them, but if you spark interest and you, you, you know, show something that's a little bit unique or they like your flavor, you know, for whatever reason, then that's ideally going to lead to opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and also not going in with the mindset of I'm only doing this to get RFPs that day, right? You're going, right. You're, you're, it's, it's a relationship building process. And I think that's why a lot of people also don't get into commercials because uh, they think, oh, I should hit it and, 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 and get in there. And then if I don't get something right away, then I'm going to quit. I'm just going to go mm -hmm. back to residential. I'm not going to focus. It takes time to build those relationships, right? Um, especially yeah. if you're the new, the new person coming in. But I, I did several lunch and learns and I got, I would get like three RFPs at the lunch. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing is be willing to paint anything for them. Right. Don't only don't only say, oh, I, oh, well, I just want the big exterior project. Right. I was like a way to get in would be to say, well, you know, you may not have anything right now, but if a door pops up to the laundry room and your normal painter can't get to it because, you know, they're, they're too busy or they're too. Right. Let us let us let us try try us out on something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that that makes sense because if they like that experience enough and and you don't screw it up, then 
mm-hmm. you know, they're uh, <laughs> maybe they'll trust you on something a little bit bigger. Yeah. <laughs> and if you do screw it up, it's not that big a deal, right? You're not going to lose. Yeah. You screw up, you screw up a $50,000 exterior. It's yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a bigger deal. That's a bigger a, deal. And you get to know how $200 door. Yeah. And you get to know how they work too. Cause like, um, you know, I've, I've had some commercial projects where, um, I just, I'm like, I don't ever want to work that person again, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, but it, it, it took three months because of all these problems, you know? And if I, if I had done one small thing and it was, you know, there were some warning signs, you know, next time they call me up and it's like, we got a big project. I can say, mm, I think we're a little booked up for that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'll get, get to you next year. Yeah. <laughs> so um so so that's interesting so i'm i'm also curious about this follow-up process because yeah i could imagine myself um without a little practice uh being a little awkward the next time i go because you know let's take this uh, dentist office where i you know kind of chunked it i'll tell you i chunked the title company worse that was Mm. the worst one that i did i went in and uh a lady came through and I think she could, you know, she knew that I was selling something. She was extra hesitant about everything and she wouldn't even let me leave a card. I was like, what in the world? You know, Mm. I'm like, I'm just a guy Mm. trying to provide for my family, man. Like, and she's like, I, we just wouldn't be a good like referral for you. Like we just wouldn't be able to refer you. I'm like, you're a title company. You're like, what are you talking about? Like uh, it's houses. Mm. I paint houses. You deal with houses. It's, it doesn't make sense. She's like, oh, you need to go next door. I'm like, okay. You know, and I'm not a, Stephen, I'm not a jerk, you know, like I'm yeah. usually pretty like confident and, and, but this lady kind of caught me off guard. Um, so, so if I go in and I, and let's say that I, I get in and I'm, ha- and maybe I'm having a good conversation. Maybe it's good. Maybe we even schedule that, that lunch and learn. Well, I keep going back now. Like uh, yeah. does, what is the yeah what, what do you what do yeah. i do after that yeah 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 you keep going back and that's what a lot of people don't <laughs> don't like doing all right and you just keep it now you want to be respectful you don't you I mean maybe it's a cadence right so yeah uh you you know one of the things we wanted to talk about you were talking about is if you hired someone to do this what would you have them do yeah um, uh, when i was a pharmaceutical rep i had 80 targets and week mm-hmm. one was 40 targets week mm-hmm. two was the other 40 Week one became week three, week two became week four, and that was my month, and mm. that's what I did, you know. For those You're 80 going people. Back. Yep. Did you yep. get a new 80 after the month? Mm-hmm. No, you mm-hmm. just started the month over with the same 80. Those were my target. Yeah, that was my that was my annual target, and those were the doctors that I worked on. Now they were pre- continually writing prescriptions, right? And so, yeah. Um, but you just you just never know the day that, you know, you could set another appointment with if you're in a property manager and let's say you did a, uh, a lunch and learn there and you could say, you know, I'll, I'll come back in a, in a month or so or set up another lunch. And mm-hmm. just that time you may not, that time you may not have to do a presentation, but it's it's more about relationship building. Then now you're doing a lunch where you're sitting down and you're and you're maybe doing some more one on one with an individual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. see. I see. So it's um, OK. That kind of makes sense. Um Cause, cause now, you go in, maybe you're meeting a bunch of people, you get all their business cards and stuff like that. Now you've got them in your contact 
And now maybe you're texting them one-on-one and saying, hey, you want to grab coffee sometime? You want to grab lunch? You know, mm-hmm. that, that could be a thing. It's on me. Um, people don't usually turn down free lunch. I don't. I never do. Yeah. That's how I switch paint products is because I don't turn down lunches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, Um Okay. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, like just, just go back. Don't be, don't be weird about it. Right. Like that's. <laughs> and, 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 and you'll get used to it more like, uh, so on the title company, what popped to me is she says, well, we don't, we don't work with houses. Oh, so, all right. Well, who are the top 10 real estate agents that you know in the market? Mm-hmm. Right. That might've been a better ask for that title person. Was, yeah. And that's why she maybe sent you next door is like, you know, who are your top, movers and shakers as far as who's giving you the most business in the, in the market and real estate agent. So, Oh yeah. And then I could say, Hey, do you want to go in on a lunch and learn together? And now I'm collaborating with the title company on a key Mm -hmm. target rather than uh, just trying to, you know, pedal for business. Right. Could be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm just exploring here. Yeah. So, okay. So, so that I think for, for, for our audience, I think that, uh, well, for one, you need to figure out if that's you, you know, the guy that is willing mm-hmm. to walk into a building and, and open your mouth, right. As mm-hmm. yep. not everybody's that guy. How did, how did you kind of overcome that, you know, early on or did it, was it easy for you initially? I, I think it was mostly my experience. Um, I've always, I've always been in sales. So my first job was on the phone as a financial advisor calling mm-hmm. people and doing that and getting people to wire you money that had never met you before. Um, yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> it was interesting. So that was, <laughs> oh, that was 99 to 01. And then the pharmaceutical game taught me, you know, I, I had to go back. I mean, you just had to, you had to keep going and you had to go, you had to break through that ice. And I had a good manager that really kind of showed me some of the, the things there, but it, it was also, um, I, I mean, I treated it almost kind of like a game, right? Mm-hmm. Can I get that person's information? Can I make that relationship? And I also was going in with it more along the lines of, uh, you know, like you're at a cocktail party, kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to talk, you're trying to make a friend, you're talking to someone you want to become friends with, as opposed to just always trying to take from somebody in that right. regard too. Right. So, right. Um, and some of it's practice. I mean, it definitely is. If you have a friend you can role play with, I mean, it, it sounds dumb, but if you have a friend that owns a business, walk in and, mm-hmm. you know, work, work it and have them let you role play. Um, yeah. That if, you, if you're part of being, if you're part of BNI, then it's expanding and it, that, that should be helpful as well. If you haven't joined a BNI, then that would help get you over some humps of being able to be out in front of strangers. And oh, totally. And yeah. 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 Cause you can, I mean, you can network with anybody within your BNI and they all want to network because they can mm-hmm. count their one-to-ones and, and so, you know, get a list of your BNI folks and pop in on their business and, you know, or give them a call. That makes a lot of sense. That's, that's probably an easy way to warm it up, warm yourself up to it. And start sharing that you're wanting to get into commercial, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe for if you're thinking about launching into commercial, maybe your your uh, next six months of com- of your 10 second commercial in your BNI is to say just that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to get into the commercial. So my ask today is, 
if you know any property managers or you know any building owners or you know any condo board presidents, mm-hmm. that, that would be a great referral for me today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I like it. I like, I like how like old school this is. This is, this is really good. Um, so, so I do think that there's a world where, um, either, well, two things. I think that, uh, we might have some, some owners in our, in our, you know, that's listening to this, that they're dominating the residential. They like the residential. They want to stay in residential, but they want the opportunity of commercial and they're thinking that they're listening to this maybe. And they're thinking, Oh, I don't want to just walk into a bunch of businesses. Can I just hire this out? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know, that sounds like a possibility. What, what do we know we need to know about hiring a, a commercial sales rep? Well, one, if, if, if you're comfortable with hiring people, then you could go out and, and try to recruit someone for yourself uh, the biggest thing in there is to have a system and a process and, and, and identify who you want to target and what are you going to specifically make this individual do? Like, what are you going to hold them accountable to? What's your marketing plan for this individual? Uh, but yeah, the, the commercial rep gets commercial sales rep, commercial estimator. It's, a lot of people say it different ways. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's there's two roles that a person could could go after. If you're not the the networker, you're not going to join the B, the 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 CAI, which is the Community uh, Association Institute, where condo board presidents hang out and property oh, managers okay. work for uh, for condos hang out. Mm-hmm. Right? They have monthly mm-hmm. lunches. They have different things. So if you're not going to join that and go work that, you're not going to join BOMA. If you're not going to join IFMA or IRAM. Uh, there's all these things. The, no, these, you, didn't, these, you don't know about write, these? No, I don't. <laughs> okay. okay, so. I'm going to write yeah, these so, down now. All right, write them down. So CAI is uh, the for condos. Yeah. They're a national, they're a national organization. Mm-hmm. You have BOMA, which is Building Owners and Managers Association. Mm-hmm. Then they have IRAM, which it's independent or something real estate managers association i think that's what irem is i can't remember the terminology and then there's ifma which is a facility manager association so those they each target different ones so cai is where i started because it's big mm-hmm. residential bigger residential mm-hmm. and then i also i also got into an apartment association so you very well could google in your market apartment association and every time I talk to someone about that, they're like, I'm not going to, I don't want to deal with apartments. Well, there's two different types of apartments that I looked at. One yes. was your independent mom and pop apartment owner. Mm-hmm. Stay away from that. In my opinion, oh, don't do okay. that. Got it. it. It's usually lowest dollar denominator, you know, bottom, bottom, straight to the bottom price. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then there's these other apartment buildings that are, I call them professionally managed. They'll be owned by like Avalon or Archstone or Graystar, these different organizations. And they have CapEx budgets. And so they have to, they have to keep their building nice to get that nice, to keep the rental. Oh. So this is the one with the gym, the pool, the community room, the pool table and all these different, the nice pool outside there. So that's, where I uh, ultimately landed my largest project, which was a 14-story high-rise in Marina del Rey, yeah, four, 
four swing stages going at one time. Mm. And I got, mm-hmm. I got that, I got that through the California apartment association networking. Yeah. About a year and a half after being inside that going to lunches, going to the different buildings and talking to facility managers and yeah. You know, also, uh, also networked with my paint rep in the market too. Sure. Um, it was Sherwin Williams and they yeah. had, a, they had a, uh, community rep who only called on apartment buildings and condos to sell paint. Right. That's a good, that's a good person to network with too. ask your, ask your store if they have a community, uh, sales rep. Yeah. Yeah. They're outside, they're outside sales reps. They'll, they'll often designate them over the different segments, you know, commercial, Mm -hmm residential they have architectural which you know deals with like designers and architects and stuff like that but if the rule is no new then yeah there is a point where i think that uh i would say no no to new in spec homes but i do know a lot of folks that do kind of million dollar plus houses that are new that they 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 like them they it's, it's better money apparently yeah i did one but i did it direct with the owner Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So the owner hired me to do the Got painting it. and I worked yeah. with the G the worked with the GC, but I wasn't on the GC's payroll, which okay. it worked, it worked out fine. It worked that, out. It worked yeah. out. That yeah. makes sense. Okay. This is really great information. So, um, so in terms of like hiring, um, let's, let's go back to the hiring, the, the, um, mm-hmm. the rep, um, what, what do we need to look? Cause this is, I know that this is really your, this is truly your area of expertise. Um, mm-hmm what's what's our kind of plan and and way of 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 hiring a, a commercial rep so i would identify who you're going to go after so we were starting about that about those yep. and then we started talking about the organizations whatever so if you just want someone to represent your company at those organizations and go out and do the marketing and do mm-hmm. the lunch and learns and do all right. that stuff and they don't need to know how to estimate and right. you can you can target a different person so that mm, person okay. is more is is your. Uh, I mean, you could grab a pharmaceutical rep. You could grab someone who's selling cellular door to door, right? To businesses. So you want to go target someone who's, in my 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 opinion, would be they're comfortable already going to businesses and selling and and right. and, and net, networking and and marketing and stuff like that. Um, but they might not be the person who wants to close the back end of the deal, right? They're right. really good at making relationships and making sure your company's top of mind. And anytime there's an RFP, they're going to have that relationship with the property manager and they're going to send it their way. And right. if you as the if you as the owner are are willing to go out and do all the estimates and the takeoffs, put together the price and maybe come back with that marketing person and you're the one who's presenting and closing that way, that's an individual you could go hire. So a setter, other, a setter closer model. Could be. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. That and then, and the other one you can go after is what some people, most people target is someone that that's willing to do all that, right? Mm. They'll go to the networking, they'll go do those things. They'll do the job walk, the takeoff, the proposal presentation, and then try to close the deal. 
So those are two different individuals. You, in my yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do you have an opinion on on like you know if, if you were you know I know you sold your painting company, but if you're doing mm -hmm. it today, what would you what would you be looking for? Um, I probably would be looking. For, I didn't like doing the takeoff. I didn't like uh -huh. walking walking a building for four hours and counting. <laughs> 800 windows and all that stuff. Right. And, yeah, and sure. doing, doing, doing that. So, um, I probably would go after just a straight commercial estimator and then I would yeah. continue to, I would have continued to do the the networking and, and get so you would have been, it, it would have been the other way around. It was, it still yeah. would have been a setter, uh, closer model, but you would have been essentially the set, but you might come back on and I probably would have came back and, and presented proposal and price and stuff and, 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 and done that, but I wouldn't have yeah. done all the estimating. I wouldn't have done the takeoffs and things. Like yeah. That. Yeah. No, so that's, that's to that opinion, brutal. to that question, to that question you're talking about, I was like, what do you like to do as the owner? What do you prefer? Yeah. To do? Some, some owners love to go do the estimate and the takeoff. They, they, and, and they feel like they have that. Now they have that control of making sure it's, it's on it's budgeted right right it's right gross margin gross margins there i got yeah. all the right equip i got all the right equipment there because mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I, th I think that's the bigger thing that takes time to train someone on is like and that's why i like starting with bigger residential condo buildings because mm -hmm. you're, you're still using similar size ladders occasionally you need to add a boom lift right you might need to you might need a scaffold so you got to start getting those relationships and get comfortable adding that to your bid but then when you, when you get into, when I did the 14 story high rise, I mean, I had to go get a swing stage company to come out and give me an estimate for that and do all the right. moves and, and coordinate that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, so that estimate, estimate process was, it was not just walk the building for four hours. It was start coordinating other vendors that to come mm -hmm. in and give you estimates. And now you got to wait on them and, and so it's a real, it's a much longer sales cycle. It could be. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and, and, but other companies that you're going up against, right. They may already have those relationships and they can get those turned around pretty quick. Right. Um, Cause you can get your scaffolding estimate pretty quick if you just give them the, the dimensions. Sure. Um, and if you're used to doing boom lifts and measuring uh, what kind of boom lift is, you should have your price list with your, with your provider and you can right. estimate that off the spot. Um, here's a here's a a little tip for everybody if they haven't gotten into commercial, and you're trying to measure for a boom lift. I originally started using a my in, interior laser measurer, right? Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I was trying to see that in the sun. I was trying yeah. to see that with the bright sun. <laughs> and I was playing golf one day, and I used my uh, range finder to see how far I should hit it. And uh -huh. I was like, I was like, wait a minute, I could just use this to uh stand in the street and see how far a boom lift goes up into the into the uh, uh, the e the eve of the building right and yeah sun doesn't right. sun doesn't matter anything like that so that makes uh, sense pick, pick up a uh, range finder even if you hate golf well i'd imagine you know if you're a commercial guy you should you know you probably should start to figure out how to love golf um, <laughs> I, you know i know people do yeah. deals on the golf course still yep um, so that was a little sidetrack to what you're talking about. You were asking about like, you know, the type of person. So I yeah. going after someone is identifying the role you want to, you want to fill. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if you're going to po post on indeed and, you know, try to go find their, or you start networking in your, in your, uh, 
community there. Again, asking your BNI people, I'm hiring for this type mm-hmm. of thing. So um, in our experience, as far as recruiting, it's not a post and hope this person is going to come across your your uh, I see. your platform. And you yeah. talked about Google, uh, AdWords and all that stuff. I mean, you, there's other people in your market who are trying to find this person. And if you're not spending significant mm-hmm. dollars on Indeed as far as sponsoring your job, Right, They're, they may never see it. And if you're only right. spending, if you're spending a thousand to two thousand dollars a month, and you, and competitors are spending five grand a month, you're really kind of just blowing that money away. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So it has to be, it has to be kind of a, a dual approach. You probably should have the post up, but you mm-hmm. also need to be networking and asking and going to your network and trying to find uh, people with with that that level of experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you want to you want to have the post up for credibility because people think it's fraud these days. If you don't, oh sure, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So so then um, so what what kind of like um, uh, compensation things should we be thinking about? Because I think with residential, if because it's a little bit of a faster turnover of sale, um, mm-hmm. you know, I I don't mind a hundred percent commission model or or partial commission partial. Uh, you know, partial salary, but um, I, I have a I have a sense that the commercial um, sales cycle is probably too long to sustain a, a you know a heavy commission structure. What are Correct. your What are your recommendations? Yeah. yeah, and even on the residential side, we're we're seeing most everybody get away from 100% commission, kind of a dirty word, and draws mm-hmm. like a forgive a a, a, a yeah. A recoverable draw that type of stuff but um yeah you're definitely seeing these two individuals uh, like the marketing person on a salary plus bonuses for the number of rfps they bring in type of mm-hmm. stuff um mm-hmm. or maybe even a small percentage of landed revenue that they bring in to you know give them some incentive based um incentive yeah. compensation mm-hmm. uh, but def- definitely a salary on that marketing role Mm-hmm. with bonuses and then on the commission on the salesperson who's doing it all they're doing the estimating and stuff like that then it is still base salary we're seeing because like you said it's, it's a long sales cycle you might bid something and it's got to go to the board and it's got to go here and go there and six layers of approval and it might be six months before you land it mm-hmm. um, if they're 100 percent commission they're you're they're going to be working for somebody else pretty quick yeah yeah uh, for sure yeah. So as far as that, what we're seeing in the market is around for the sales rep is around a $60,000 base is what we're Mm -hmm. seeing. Uh, And and if you're in LA, it's more, if you're Mm -hmm. in New York city, it's more, right. Uh, But even in like San Antonio or Houston or Atlanta, Mm -hmm. where you're, if you're wanting to find somebody who has experience in, in B2B sales, or they have experience already going into these markets, BOMA, IFMA, IRAM, maybe they're selling flooring, maybe they're selling mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pest, pest control or doing something different than paint. Um, they can be taught paint, right? They can mm-hmm. be, you know, but the, I think the bigger hurdle is getting someone comfortable with going into the office and, and making, making relationships and cold calling people. Right. Right. So, so yeah, if you're going to, if you're going to be the one that, is going to do the the takeoffs. You don't mind that part, but you hate the that 
networking and schmoozing and, you know, get, you know, cold contacting, then you want to find somebody who has that experience and is good at it and mm-hmm. just have them set the appointment or have them take video. They don't need to put together the price. You could do that. But mm-hmm. if you're the opposite, like in your, in your case where you, you know, hate the takeoffs, I, I get that it's, you know, it's drudgery, but, but, yeah. but you, but you're good at, you came from the background of, you know, getting yourself out there, opening your mouth, talking to people, you held on to that and you would hire the, the takeoff person. Mm-hmm. Either way, it sounds like in commercial, you're going to have to be prepared for a full salary. Um, mm-hmm. Or, uh, and, and you said like with residential, a base plus what, if, if, the, if what you're seeing is 60 K as a base, what mm-hmm. does the upswing look like? What is their, what is their potential? Is yeah. there a cap? Is it, is it, you know, how does that work? No, I no wouldn't cap. cap a sales rep. I wouldn't cap ever. You mean, yeah, ever. Uh, yeah. But typically your target would be like, if they sell you a million dollars worth of commercial projects, they should probably come in right around six figures of base okay. plus base plus commission. So commission, the percentage of the deal depends upon whether or not you take the percentage off of top line or mm-hmm. if you take it off of gross margin dollars. Uh, top line would be a smaller percentage of the mm-hmm. total deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it, and, and if you're doing on gross margin dollars, then it's a bigger percentage because it's a smaller number to get right. there. Sure. Um, but those are two things you can compensate off of. I like, you know, from an owner standpoint, I like looking at gross profit um, as as the marker mm-hmm. because we take home we take home gross profit dollars we don't take home yeah. top line right? right you got your cost of goods sold up there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. plus it puts plus it puts everybody on the same page like production sales uh every you know everyone's working to maximize that gross margin dollar and then you sure. you, you can prevent salespeople from just selling anything and right. then leaving it up leaving it up to production to to make it happen. Right. 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 Um, right. Yeah. So right. estimating with production in sense. mind. And that's why a lot of the owners, you know, they want they they struggle with giving up control on the estimating side because they're so worried about that gross margin dollar being being right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So so if we, you know, if if we if we find that person and um, we kind of give them this plan that you outlined of, uh, you know, being part of those associations, um, visiting the offices and and doing the lunch and learns and, uh, you know, and kind of tailoring the their position to their experience and and vice versa for you, you know, like putting you in a role that you like. What what is it? What does it look like? Do we achieve our goals here? Does it is it uh, is it all upswing? What are some of the what are some of the scary parts? What are some of the good parts that we can expect if we pull this off? Uh, you mean like getting into commercial? Yeah, like if we if we break out? into commercial, yeah. What is it? You know what what does our life look like at that point? Well, your life could uh, could definitely grow quite a bit. I mean, you could you know you could be a, a landing a couple hundred thousand dollar deals or fifty thousand dollar deals instead of a ten or eight thousand dollar residential. Um, mm. Your life looks, uh, you're, you're going to need to make sure you've got the proper insurance and you've got those things dialed in, right? Uh, you're, if you're using subcontractors, if they have the right insurance to be able to go to the certain stories that you're going on and mm-hmm. be on these projects. So you got to look at those specifics. Um, and 
we had talked a little earlier about potentially cash flowing these 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 projects, right? You do a fifty thousand dollar condo building, uh, mm-hmm. you're gonna want you're gonna want to put in progress payments mm-hmm. or have or have enough money to be able to pay the labor and the material. Right. I had empl- I had employee painters when I was doing it, so I always had payroll every week. So right, right, uh, <laughs> that was a bigger deal. Um, and, and so you got to think about those aspects of, of getting into commercial too. Can you bankroll it? Uh, when you land a big project, do you have enough cash to get to right. the point where you get paid? And that was another reason to stay away from GCs early on in the, in, in this game is because they're usually net. You hope they're net 60, but they're sometimes net 120. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> or, or they don't pay you ever. Or they don't pay um, you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. holding you, they're holding it over, over you. So, um, well, I thought you had a nice, you know, strategy of, um, getting them to, to, to send all of your set up progress payments, send all of the invoices up front, but date them so that they get approved and mm-hmm. the checks are cut and they just sit on the desk until the date. Right. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that was on that that was on that big big project I did, and and I asked him about you know, and that was that was because I built a relationship up with the with the manager, and I was like, you know, hey, what does payment look like? How long does it like? Where does it go? Like, right. what's the process? If I submit an invoice today, how long is it? How many people have to touch it before they actually approve it? Right, and so that's where we came up with that strategy. Was like, okay, great. I you know, can I cut? Can I? give you all the invoices and have everybody touch it because I had a fixed proposal except right. for uh, potential add-ons, right. If they had done right. something, but you, you can always invoice that for later, right. You can, right. you know, if it's a hundred thousand dollar job, you break it up into four payments and set out the progress. And so, yeah, that worked out really well. And um, you know, the, the manager approved that this progress payment gets released and handed me a check and I didn't have to wait. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Helps you sleep at night, you know, a yeah. lot. So, um, Absolutely. So, so Stephen, uh, tell us, tell us real quickly about your company, what you guys do and, okay. uh, and, and yeah, and how we can learn more about you. So the biggest thing, what you talked about, we, you know, we talked about a process, right? To go marketing, you got to have a system and a process and a strategy. If you're wanting to go find a person to do this, um, you got to have a process down. And what we're seeing in the market right now is you got to do a lot of direct messaging. You got to headhunt for this role. This is not a post and hope this right person's going to come across the, the posting for the job. So uh, what we do is we do headhunting for contractors. Uh, our own, our focus is painting, flooring, restoration. Uh, we've worked with some of the largest franchisors out there um, Mm -hmm. and helping their franchisees go hire these individuals and headhunt for them. So our process first would be to identify exactly who you're looking for. What are you going to hold them to on a a day-to-day basis? We assign a dedicated recruiter to go after that individual for you. And then they start direct messaging, looking through LinkedIn, looking through Indeed. It's still the biggest database of resumes, but you got to do Boolean searches and find these individuals, put a message out to them. And then you have to treat it like a sales job. Like Mm. you have to be, you have to be on it. When someone says, yeah, I'm interested. You jump on them like you would a lead and you try to get them into a phone interview, schedule them initially. So 
that's what we do is we, we schedule them into a phone interview. And in that phone interview, we're doing two things. One is identifying if they match what the owner's looking for or our client's looking for. And then two, don't forget about that individual. Find out what their needs are. What are they looking for? Why are they even open to your opportunity? What are they missing? Mm-hmm. And if, if their needs don't align with what you're offering, then it's, it's like, yeah, we're not a fit, right? And you save some time there. But if, they're, if their needs and you can fill those needs, then you can start selling to those needs. And that's what we do is we, we sell the opportunity for, for clients. And then we have them do a video application mm-hmm. so we can, te- we can test their entry-level skills, their entry-level technology skills. Mm-hmm. We can also see if they have the charisma we're looking for. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. What are, the, what are their verbal skills like? It also helps our client whenever they finally do get introduced to someone that they're not on a blind date. They, they right. get to, they, they've got to see the person, see how they talk. If you can think about if you've ever hired someone and you've only done a phone interview and then they come to your office and you're like, oh, that's not what I expected. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the video helps there. We have them do a written application and um, that we're testing their writing skills. We're testing their willingness to follow a system and a process. Mm-hmm. And then we do we do a full behavioral interview of the individual. We, oh, wow. uh, we, we dive into their past performance to predict future results. Yeah. And it's a professional interview. And then some companies we work with have an assessment that yeah. they'll take like, like the disc or a caliper mm-hmm. or culture index. Or big so we have, yeah. we have them take that. Okay. And then, then we would package them all up and we would say, you know, to Orlando, if you're looking for a commercial marketing person, the recruiter would call you up and say, Hey, I've got somebody Here's their resume, their video app, their written app, their behavioral interview notes. Yeah. Here's the assessment. Here's why I like them for the role. Here's their background, what excites us about it. Here's some things we're worried about that we want you to dive into uh, in your in-person interview. And then we prep you for that in-person interview and mm-hmm. facilitate facilitate that in-person interview. Making sure by scheduled and calendar, our show rate to the in-person interview is about 100% because – yeah. The fact they've that they've, done, they've come steps. this far, yeah, they're yeah. already there, yeah. And we've saved yeah. the owner. You know, the, the there's a lot of there's a lot of bad lettuce that got thrown out, right, mm-hmm. to make the salad that you that you're getting right there. And uh, so we absorb a lot of the all that front end issues of talking to the wrong person at, at the wrong time, right, and no shows on certain things. So those still do happen when when people use us. Um, but if, if you don't have someone in your office or you're not able to put that kind of a system in place to go mm-hmm. find this person, mm-hmm. you might end up hiring your, you know, your sister or your brother's nephew and your, or your best friend and giving them a try and yeah. it will work and, and then regretting it and, um, having yeah. to fire, fire family members. Yeah. In, so, in our, in our industry, I feel like a lot of people hire their spouse and, and right. You know, it's not always, it's not always easy to, you know, talk business over, over dinner or, uh, other stuff. So, yeah. So so that's what we do for, for companies and and we help them go after those individuals. All right. Where do we send folks? Uh, you can go to our uh, website right there. It's, uh, com backslash contact. And that's uh, M-I-T-S-U-O-K-A, but it's Mitsoka Company. 
All right, cool. Well, this has been a really, uh, really enlightening conversation, to be honest. I, I uh, feel more confident. I actually like there, there are things that that uh, that, you know, you you say work that I've been like, I wonder if this will work. You know, that, that helps me. That helps me out. But I, I felt so ignorant to this world, you know, before. But I, I really think that you've helped us and you've helped our audience. So I appreciate you. And uh, we're definitely have to have you back on sometime. All right. Thanks, Orlando. All right. There we have it. Stephen Winter Road with Mitsoka Company um, talking about commercial. You know, I don't I don't talk about commercial enough. And obviously it's because I don't know a lot about it. And, uh, and so I'm on this learning journey. I do think that there's a great opportunity for it, um, you know, especially uh, you know, I'm just thinking about myself even because. You know, we're a company that uh, we we focus on interior. We don't even we we really don't take on exterior projects, and uh, yeah, we're running out of houses to paint. So we got to figure out a commercial strategy. And so this has been really helpful for me. I hope that is helpful for you. Um, make sure that you have subscribed, of course. And uh, before I close out, come to Expo. Expo is in Orlando. February to March. Check it out at the on the website, uh, pcapainted.org. Until next time, my name is Torlando, and this has been Paint Ed. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org. 